Welcome back to another Edge Got In podcast. Thank you for pushing that pause button today to Edge Got In, to your mind, your will, and your emotions. Our mission here at Edge Got In is to champion, by the grace of God, your potential in Christ, to champion your human potential in Christ. And that truly is our desire with today's topic as well. We did a series, Ken and I, Ken Vogus and I did a series on the disc. If you haven't had an opportunity to listen to that series, you can go to edgegodin.com and simply put in a keyword disc because you'll have the opportunity with a little hourglass thing there um, to look at look up a topic and you can put in disc and you'll see there's four different podcasts where we went through the DISC and simply there are four different personality profiles. Basically, we're wired a certain way. God has wired us to go out and, and make God recognizable, to glorify God with the gifts and talents he's given us. And we all have such unique ways to do that, whether or not we're task-driven, people-driven, process-driven, or logic-driven. God uses all of it to do amazingly beautiful things and to accomplish his work when we are willing to go. And so today we're going to be having a conversation. We're doing a series on connecting emotional intelligence and desk. So the first series was specifically on desk, and now we're moving to connecting emotional intelligence in Christ and the desk, which we did uh, in our book, Emotional Intelligence in Christ. So Ken Vogus was uh, very instrumental and really being our mentor as we were writing that book on making that connection between emotional intelligence in Christ and the disc profile, which he is the creator of, of the biblical disc. And so it'll be a very exciting conversation today in real time, rather than just reading about it in our book, emotional intelligence in Christ, you get to be a part of the conversation today, which is exciting. And you can access that book if you haven't already at emotionalintelligenceinchrist.com. There's also a course there. We're currently working on the six-week study guide that will come out just before Christmas, God willing, or just after uh, we're in his timing with that. And um, we've got some other fun things at emotionalintelligenceinchrist.com. So I'm joined again today by God's grace with my friend and colleague, Ken Vogus, who is the creator of Biblical Disc and also an adjunct professor uh, in the doctorate program at Dallas Seminary. So very excited to have you with us today, Ken. Thank you for your time on this important topic. So welcome to be here. Good. Yep. Yep. So we're going to continue our conversation here, connecting emotional intelligence in Christ and desk and really our learning objective today. And, and Ken and I were talking off, off the recording and saying, really, our, our desire is, is to introduce you, uh, the listener, even in a more profound way uh, to Jesus and, and how he showed up. The more we know about Jesus, the more we can, with the help of the Holy Spirit, pattern our behavior after how he showed up with all kinds of different personalities. And there's such emotional hijack going on. I know in my own life, perhaps you relate to that as well. And in the end times, Jesus says that people will be emotional. They will take offense. They will be against one another. They will be angry. They will have harsh language, all kinds of things like that. And so our victory lies in Christ alone. So we're going to jump in in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Sweet Jesus, we just, we, we're nothing without you. And so we 
we pray that the words of our mouth, the meditations of our heart would be acceptable in your sight for your glory and the edification of everyone who's tuning in today. Again, those emotions seem to just wake up with us every day. So we pray for the grace to be able to allow you to sit on the throne of our mind, which will definitely impact our emotions and our behavior. We want to glorify you with our behavior. So give us that grace more today than yesterday. And we give you permission to override us when we do start following those shiny objects, um, our need to be right, our need to be liked, our need to be understood. And you call us back to being self-aware as well as to have our identity grounded in you. Show us what that feels like, looks like, and sounds like today so that we can be transformed by the renewing of our minds. In your most precious name, we pray. Thank you for this time together. Amen. So Ken, this is, this is one, this is, uh, we're getting more specific. We kind of did an overview last time of connecting emotional intelligence in Christ and the desk. Today, we're stepping into the first step of emotional intelligence in Christ that is known as self-recognition in the secular world. And we have uh, partnered that first step with kind of a redefine identity in Christ is what we've redefined self-recognition as in our book, Emotional Intelligence in Christ. And I know that we've had conversations about this before we jump in. I'd love to just kind of hear your take on that, on how important it is for us to have victory in the area of our emotions with that first step that we propose in, in emotional intelligence in Christ being having our, our identity grounded in Christ. And that gives us self-recognition. I'd love to hear some of your, your perspectives on that. Well, the whole thing is, um, uh, our knowing uh, who, who we are and who we're in to the connection with Christ gives us that security of knowing that we have value and he mm. values us. He, he valued enough to die on a cross for us. So, you know, yeah. he, he, he did that for us and we have a purpose in life. And as long as we are obedient to him and follow him, uh, then we have a, a, a mission. All of us have a role or a mission in life. There's a purpose in our lives as to going ahead and representing who Jesus are. So yeah, that that's basically what, what we're talking about is having that connection to Christ and his model and how to go ahead and respond to one another in love. Yeah, it's interesting because I know you and I have had a lot of conversation about the woman at the well, right? And, and how she was um, pretty much rejected by her society. And yet she ended up evangelizing her society as a result wow. of her encounter with Jesus, like who does that? Well, she she was she's one of my favorite characters uh, in in, a, in all of Scripture, and um, she was a very curious person <laughs> and engaging, and somewhat shocked that uh, Jesus, as a Jew, would go ahead and 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 talk to her, you know, because uh, she was a Samaritan and and she had been married five times which is not a rather a checkered <laughs> lifestyle mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and uh, living with a guy so she wasn't what you call a stellar citizen but mm -hmm. yet jesus showed personal interest in who she was and so they they really you know did a good job of engaging one another and and of course it ended ended very well 
with with regard to her curiosity as to you know uh, this whole subject called living water. You know, he was talking about water, and she was there for water, and and of course Jesus being so gifted, he. He turned it around uh, in in a message of living water, and of course she said, "Give me some of this," you know. Mm. <laughs> and uh, so it, it it was a very very tender, very tender conversation. It was really special. Absolutely, and and this is you're referring to Luke, right? Is it, is it Luke chapter yes. four it, or it, Luke it, chapter? It's it's uh, that the 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 woman at the well is in John uh, okay. John four. Okay. And um, it and it's a it's a, it's a great story, but it is it is an incredibly significant story mm-hmm. because it is the first time that Jesus went ahead and used the terminology of who he really was by saying I am. And this this is the first time it was used, and and she was asking uh, him or saying something with regard to who he uh, that the Messiah would come and and explain more detail what it is. And of course, he ended that conversation by the one speaking to you as I am. I am He, <laughs> and that is very 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 significant because it is a tie in to God the Father. And and what is the the hundred and fifty three times? Um, how how significant is that? In well, scripture? when you're when you're talking about that the 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 hundred and fifty three recordings of I am, it's it, it's suggesting that is very 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 significant because it ties in to who uh, uh, who his connection with the Father. The, uh, the and and he said it 152 times so when you when you say that and when you go ahead and 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 use that many repetitions of that it might be significant mm. and it is because it, it ties into the exodus passage exodus 3 and 4 14 where um uh moses asked a question who you know, who are you? You know, they're going to ask me who I represent and who are you? And, and God went ahead and uh, God, the father went ahead and said, I am who I am. And so the, the, the significance of Christ saying it so many times in the, in the new Testament is significant because it ties him, his identity, if you want to call it that, Mm. uh, to God, the father. Mm. Now, what's also significant about that is that 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 statement uh i am as far as the the, the father is as i am who i am uh the father uses it in the old testament 6823 times <laughs> wow yeah. so, wow and so that's a lot but, <laughs> are you kidding me <laughs> you know and Jesus in the New Testament used it 153 times. Uh, so there's there's absolutely, as far as an identity, there is there is there is no question that's what he intended to to, to communicate. Yeah. What is also interesting about this that although he used it for the first time with the woman, he used it at the last time in his arrest. Uh, by uh, these um, uh, guards to take him to the cross. And he chose to go ahead and uh, answer them when they asked a question. It was dark. 
-hmm. And they asked, who are you? Who are you looking for? And they answered him and said, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus said to him, so said to them, I am he. Mm -hmm. And he said it two more times. So he identified himself as to who they're looking for, for the purpose of fulfilling his mission to go to the cross. He could have denied it at that time, but he, that he didn't. He actually came very boldly, said, I'm the guy you're looking for. I, and he used the term, I am he, which is the same statement that he made to the woman at the well. I am him. I am he. So, <laughs> wow, that's, that is so powerful. So what is that? Let's bring that boots on the ground in terms of just going sorry, through life. But... Let's bring that boots on the ground in terms of us going through life. So here we are going through life and there's a lot of identity theft going on. Metaphorically speaking, people don't know who they are. They don't know why they're here, why it matters. Um, and there's a lot of confusion and Satan is big, big on identity theft. And it's, it's running rampant in our culture today. And, and yet Jesus, not once, even in the midst of being faced with his own death, did he shrink back from his identity? So how, how does that impact us as followers of Jesus in terms of giving clarity around our identity? Well, I think that there is a there is a, a a cause and effect a connection that we need to be bold about, and uh, I hope that 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 is uh, something. Well, we each uh, of us have to go ahead and go through the process of making a an emotional decision of what we're going to go ahead and do to either follow him or or not. Mm -hmm. And when we do, we we have that indwelling boldness that uh, that 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 hopefully that we, we can con control our emotions um, uh, as we go through life um, with with all the stressful uh, actions that are that are occurring uh, one of the one of the case uh, studies that I went ahead and 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 kind of featured in in in, in studying this is to go ahead and talk about Jesus controlling his emotions under a stressful event Mm -hmm. And what what had happened here is that the one I chose is in John 12. Uh, and he is at this point knowing that he's going to be arrested and go to the cross. And the scriptures are clear with regard to the amount of emotion that is there. When you're sweating drops of blood, that's stressful. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he was praying for uh for support and and what he said is, is my soul is troubled and what i uh what shall i say father save me from this hour but for this purpose i came to this hour father glorify your name he is sitting there saying i know where i'm headed i know what's happening here but i, I i'm not real crazy about this but i but i know that's what i need to do and it is to go ahead and glorify your name. But what is so precious to this is that God answered, God the Father answered, and it came out of heaven and saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again as to what you're doing here. And it was, it, it, it was, it was a, it, the, I think in emotional intelligence, we all have emotions, Lauren. And it can get us hijacked or, 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 or sidetracked or whatever. And we, we really need to go ahead and control our emotions focused on, on Christ. I, I mean, you know, that's where we need to be going. And, and it's not easy. 
Mm-mm. And but but we have the model of Christ, and He did it. And I feel that case study that I'm using here is probably the most stressful case studies you, that, that 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 we have when you're when you're sweating blood. <laughs> I think that's pretty stressful. Mm, absolutely. And what's interesting, you're talking about in the garden, right? Is that is that the yeah in Gethsemane? Yeah. Yeah, when he's in the yeah, garden, he, he he prayed three times, mm-hmm. and what he was looking for is support mm-hmm. from the guys, from his mm-hmm. disciples. And guess what they were doing? Sleeping, sleeping. <laughs> so that's that's really metaphorical too, because many times when we're going through a difficult time, people are caught up in their own lives. And oftentimes we might feel isolated or perhaps listener, you feel isolated that nobody's getting what you're going through. Um, I felt that before. And so there's lots of strong emotions and coming back to identifying and drawing very close to Jesus, knowing that he's got, he went through that. He went through the rejection, Mm -hmm. his friends falling asleep on him um, during the most important time of his mission in terms of uh, needing support in the garden. And yet God showed up and strengthen him. We're, we're told that an angel appeared and strengthened him, right? Right. That, there, same- that, that I, I think God the Father knew exactly what, what he was doing. I also believe emotionally uh, the, the, the greater stress that is there is having to face the cross with the Father having to turn his back mm. on the Son. Yeah. Uh, you know, and separation from the Father had never occurred but it had to occur at this moment. And I think emotionally, I, I can't even imagine the emo, amount of emotion uh, of, of, of having to face this mm. with the father having to turn his back on, 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 on the, on the sin issue. Mm. But that's what had to happen from an integrity standpoint. That's what had to happen. And it was painful for him. Mm-hmm. Physically is, uh, uh, I can't imagine the crucifixion mm. is I horrible, I but imagine. I think the emotion was greater. Mm-hmm. That's just me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yet he did it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, so as we're kind of tying together the, the woman at the well story and um, Jesus in the garden, asking the father, by the way, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me three times. Um, and yet not my will yours be done. So yeah. in the midst of confusion in our life, right. Right. Um, coming back to that same kind of prayer, um, Lord, this is what I want. And, and this is what I feel is right. And yet not my will yours be done. That's yeah. the game changer of resetting our identity in God versus the world. Um, our emotions might say everything against that. And yet our, our will, our free will to choose God in spite of that, that mm-hmm. gives us victory uh, in, in when it comes to our sense of identity and maintaining that personal identity in Christ for his glory. Our definition, again, of emotional intelligence in Christ, for listeners who haven't heard it yet, is simply it's the activation or wakefulness, attentiveness of the Holy Spirit within us to help us, to help us, just as God came and helped Jesus in the garden, to discern and manage our personal emotions and behaviors in a way that honors God by loving others well as Jesus did. That's his greatest command. And to love others well, especially people that are not easy to love, takes that grace and that grounding in our identity. Um, I heard somebody say the other day, Ken, that, and I think that they're about 80 years old, 
And they said, if I could go back and talk to myself during those times when I gave so much power to other people's opinions of me to define my identity, mm. rather than what I know now that I am in Christ, for Christ, created by Christ for his purposes. And knowing that now I'm so free, this person was saying they're so free because they don't take anything personally because they know their identity is grounded and why they're here, why their heart continues to beat. And yet we do give so much power away to the exterior world, what people think, what they don't think. And we allow that pressure to bump our identity, to strip us oftentimes of our sense of identity and purpose. Um, and so, so this is a, this is a powerful reminder as we reflect on these scriptures, how did Jesus specifically reboot or resurrect the identity of the woman at the well? How did I, 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 I that let's talk about that question first, like from your perspective, Jesus, emotional intelligence allowed him to get in to the heart of hearts of that woman who was caught in sin, rejected by her culture. And yet Jesus was after her. Mm -hmm. So how did he do that emotionally, intelligently, uh, which he did. And he's our, he's our mentor when it comes to emotional intelligence, because he is emotional intelligence. How, how did he, he do that without her getting defensive? Well, uh, you know, it's one of those things. What is, what is, why was she there? She was there to go ahead and, get water. That's why she was there. And his opening statement to her is to be at her level of understanding at that moment, knowing that it was going to be tense because he's a Jew and she's a Samaritan. Mm. And what he did is just ask a simple question. This is, this is another thing that Jesus did in engaging with people. He would use questions, Lauren, to engage in areas where they had interest or knowledge, to mm -hmm. stimulate the conversation to a spiritual story. And guess what? The, the scriptures record his questions. Did you know that? No. Hey, do you know how many questions are recorded in, in the scriptures? Mm -mm. But 153. I'm curious. Oh. <laughs> wow. 153. Yeah. 153. Wow. <laughs> and and people say, well, what's the deal with 153? Yeah, 153. The deal fish, with 153 in John 21, <laughs> they they were supposed to be you know, waiting for him to return and 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 they <laughs> went fishing instead. And Jesus to connect with them and get them back to who he was, he asked them, Did you catch any fish, guys? That was why they were there. And he said, no. He said, well, throw your net on the other side and immediately caught fish. And John being the high sea that he was, <laughs> he counted them because they're fishermen and they divide the, what they're, the catch. So he had to count them and he counted them and they're 153. Wow. So, so, wow. so what is the significance of that? It's, I think the significance is that Jesus is God. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, right? 
Jesus is God. Yeah. <laughs> and he can do stu, you know, what seems to be incident, you know, inconsequential things, and they all come together. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And, but but back to your question with the woman, the, he, he asks her a question and engage in a conversation she was comfortable with. Yeah. And when, when it came down to you know transit transitioning to, to a spiritual thing, he talked about living water and it you know, he was connecting with her where she was. And he was, he's a master at that. Mm. His stories are like that. You know, mm. he would, he would, he would do that. He was so gifted at going ahead and connecting with, with, with people and their needs. And he would always kind of wind these stories around a, 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 a spiritual, spiritual um, parable. So he, every time that I, you know, when I, when I did this, uh, you know, uh, connecting these case studies, you guys came to me, he said, do you have any case study of Jesus, you know, doing anything? Well, you know, I had over 60 of them and you wanted 20. So I could, I figured I could, I could make oh, that yeah. work. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah, and, just and the, but, the, but the stories are so personal, Lauren, mm -hmm. the thing mm -hmm. that, that, that is so overwhelming for me is how discerning he was and how loving he was and how he was gifted at knowing your needs and your needs down to who you really are in the core of your soul. Mm. And it was done in such a way that it was all enveloped in agape love. And, uh, you know, and some people even then, you know, would, would, wouldn't, would not go in that direction, but well, most of them did. And so that's, that's, his his skill set as far as being a loving God is overwhelming in those case studies. It's amazing to me too, as I'm just kind of thinking through the gospels, how many times Jesus consistently showcased his emotional intelligence with all, with all kinds of situations and, and personalities with yeah. one goal in mind, to mm -hmm. save souls. Yep. And he is after each one of us every single day. So listeners, wherever you're at, Jesus loves you right where you are at today. And he loves you enough not to leave you there. He's constantly wanting to free you as he did the woman at the well, as he did Zacchaeus, as he did the woman caught in adultery, as he did Peter, as he did Paul. He wants to do that for you today. So come as you are. And if you haven't had the opportunity to hit your knees and surrender your life to the Lord, today's the day, my friend, because we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And just as I prayed that simple prayer at 17 that changed my life, just inviting the Lord Jesus into your life to be your Lord and Savior, confessing anything that separated you from the love of God and rededicating or dedicating yourself perhaps for the first time into his love to be used by him for his purposes, because you know that those are going to bring you the greatest peace in life as it did for all of the examples in the gospels. Jesus was masterful, Ken, at restoring lost identities. It's amazing to me that he's about that same business today in our lives. Mm -hmm.
And that woman's identity was restored. Now, I love this story too. This is one of my favorite encounters because I feel like the woman at the well and Jesus saved me many times in my life mm -hmm. and restored me and then sent me on my way. How is it that after she was with Jesus for not very long, enough to have this conversation, that she went back and her face must have looked different. Her voice must have sounded different. Her body language must have been different because we're told in the scriptures that the townspeople believed because of her testimony. So let's talk a little bit about that. What was it from the emotional and intelligent encounter of Jesus that led to the whole town coming to him? Well, I think you hit on it. Uh, she, her, her, personal identity and her security was, uh, I would say, pretty low. <laughs> mm -hmm. There wasn't, I mean, she went there during the heat of the day because she was so rejected uh, mm -hmm. by everybody. You know, she was just basically the, the lower, lower, lower class. And then what when she encountered Jesus, I think he filled her cup with hope and love. And I, I can tell you that she became an evangelist by being uh, being given hope and, and, and security and, 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 a, and a future that was absolutely astounding to the people. Mm. They knew her, but they knew she had changed. And it's obvious that they, they bought into what she had experienced and wanted to figure out what was going on. So. Uh, you know, I I think the the whole encounter caused her to go ahead and give hope and assurance. I think those are the two things that filled her her um, her, uh, her, her 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 message as far as who she was is is to have that hope and assurance. I think that that that's what happened. Mm. It's it's transformational and and truly is and, and listeners for you as well today, wherever you're at to take a moment and rededicate your life to Christ. If you've been following him for a while, invite the Holy Spirit in to do for you what he did for the woman at the well. He rebooted, reestablished, resurrected her sense of identity because she was lost and she had given power to her circumstance to define her value. And Jesus loved her enough and loves you enough not to allow that to happen, but to invite her back to the lover of her soul and her true identity that had gotten hijacked by what was going on outside of her. And he invites you to do the same thing. Jesus controlled his emotions during that stressful event, Ken. Um, in the biblical case study you mentioned, and was sweating blood at that time. So we're also told in the scriptures that we're invited to come to Jesus with anything because he has experienced absolutely everything, every form of stress, anxiety, rejection, anything that you can imagine he has experienced. And so he's able to be compassionate and help us through 
those identity crises that we have. Um, just a few, some identity crisis lately, financial identity crisis. I thought I was what I make, and now I don't make what I made. And so now I don't know who I am. Other times it's it's health related. And other times it's much deeper than that. I don't even know who I am or what I am. And Jesus is calling us back to that encounter where he reestablished can the living water within us. And so how does that living water within us impact how we, what's possible for us in terms of managing our emotions in a way that honors God and discerning and managing our emotions in a way that honors God? I think um, it's surrender, Uh, surrender to, you know, whatever he has for us. So too often we go ahead and, and hijack our ideas thinking we get, we got a better idea than he is. That's <laughs> and, so true. <laughs> you know, and, and in my, in my prayer life, uh, what I, what I have done is, uh, I, I try to say, okay, these are my thoughts. <laughs> and, uh, I, um, I wonder if, um, if, if that's what really where you want me to go, but mm-hmm. I want to tell you, Lord, my hand is open. <laughs> I, I physically, in body language, I put my hands, you know, uh, uh, open, not closed, mm-hmm, <laughs> and mm-hmm. say whatever, whatever you want. That's what I want, and I, I think that's what Jesus did. Mm. I think that's what he did. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he, he'd always say, I, "I'm going to be honest with you, Father," <laughs> but whatever you want, that's what I want. Mm-hmm. And his hands were always open to do the will of the Father. I think we always have to circle back to that. Mm-hmm. Certainly, our prayer life is critical. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely critical. But we better be careful on how we <laughs> present it. In other words, go ahead and keep our hands open and say, Lord, if you got a different plan. And, you know, some of the best best things that happened to me is when I prayed for whatever he would direct, I, it the answer came from a place I wasn't even looking. <laughs> and, and I just, you know, I said, well, this, this is so strange. I, 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 but I feel, Lord, that you're there. And I'll go in that direction. And sure enough, it, it worked out. And so I I think I think just our position uh, of keeping our hands open to whatever he wants to do and the direction he wants wants to go is, I think, one of the key things that I would suggest that people uh, consider. And that and that can be summed up in that question. Where do you see Jesus overriding his emotions and maintaining his focus on his mission? Right. Mm -hmm. If not, but may your will be done. This is what I want but your will be done. This is what I want, but your will be done. Yeah. So that's, so that's, so that's, again, yeah, it, 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 the Luke passage is really good when he was, when he was uh, the, the final part of his prayer was this father, if you will remove this cup from me, but then he said, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Mm. And, and, and he, and he realized at the end of that and says, there's no other way that this is going to work except for me to go to the cross and I'm in, mm-hmm. I'm in. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 it appeared after the, the, the first prayer, there was a pause or, or, or some processing going on. And then at the second prayer, he really 
really clearly understood what the father wanted him to do. And then he had peace about that to go as bad as it was. He said, that's, that's what I've got to go ahead and do. That's what I've got to go and face. And he did it. Mm. That self-recognition and, and identity in Christ is, um, is so powerful for victory because in spite of the, the yearnings that Jesus had, let this cup pass from me and listener, perhaps what's your cup that you want to pass from you today and just asking the Holy Spirit to show you what is the cup that I'm gripping a hold of, not my will, yours be done. So present both your desired outcome and then that surrendered. You can do both because the Holy Spirit will guide you and, and maintain your identity, keep your identity intact. There's another, there's another area in terms of our identity, because when we get when we get hijacked by the opinions of other people and and start to accept some of their beliefs about us, Ken, then we forget what God says about us, right? Um, who He says we are in Him, that we are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, belonging to Him, that we're created, even in in the womb, He knew us before our heart even, you know, mm-hmm. had its first beat. He's He's been forming plans for us. Um, we get so hijacked so quickly by strong emotions in our identity where do you see jesus expressing anger for example because there's a lot of anger out there yet controlling it to do the right thing no matter the consequence the thing that that that's so important to understand about jesus is the fact that he understood the values of the father Mm -hmm. and uh, what the proper process us in making sure that you follow his values and his instructions and obey them. And when that was violated, when people did it their own way in their own selfish way, he understood the impact that those actions would have on the culture. And he was very aggressive on that. Uh, when when that when that happened, and probably one of the best stories of that was when he was uh, in the uh, synagogue, and there was a man with a with a, uh, a withered hand, and he looked at the people there, and he, it was the Sabbath. And he was in the temple and they, they knew they were there for one reason. And as to catch him in doing something against what they interpreted as far as the law is concerned, they could care less for that man. And the fact that they didn't care for him as a person made him extremely angry for them. And so what he did is he knew that what was going to happen here is that if he were to go ahead and heal that man on the Sabbath in the in, in, in the synagogue, they would have some stuff against him. And mm-hmm. I know the emotion appears, it, it says, and he looked around at them angry, being grieved by the, and here's the word, hardness of their heart. Mm-hmm. And then he went ahead and held the man's hand and, and, and healed him, knowing, <laughs> knowing that you know, there would be a consequence to there. And he didn't, it's, it's really tough uh, 
to know when you know what the value is, the thing you need to do, and you know you're going to get criticized, and then you do it. That's called testimony. Mm. <laughs> that's testimony. <laughs> You know, it's a it's test. A, I know. Moan about it. <laughs> I, I, I know. I know the right thing. I know what God would want me to do, and I'm going. Guess what? I'm going to be criticized. I'm going to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, and and there were times when when he when he had that that anger, but it was always under control. But it was righteous, right? Righteous indignation about what when he did that. He didn't do it often, but when he did it, boy, it was real. And uh, he, he could be tough when he had to be. But I think I, I think it's the compromising of God's values is probably the one that 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 would uh, that would create that should be that tension in all of us. When you know what you, you know, what Jesus did, you know what the values are. And then if they're violated not to do anything, to be passive aggressive is not the option. I know there's a risk. I know they're going to be criticized, but I think that's part of test your testimony too. I, mm. I, I, I really strongly believe that. Well, again, coming back to our, our first phase of emotional intelligence in Christ is your identity in Christ. And, and as that 80 year old woman said, if I could go back and talk to the younger version of myself and uh, remind them to let go of what people think um, as a result of, of the choice to follow Christ and standing firm in faith, uh, how much freer we are when we remember whose we are, who we are, and allow the one voice to direct our actions and emotions and behavior more today than yesterday, because it's a progress. And, and Jesus, God knows we're but 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 grass that withers. <laughs> we're like, one time someone said, we're like hairspray. Shh, there we go. Jesus is just as fast as we come in. And so our life, our life and our breath belongs to God. Um, is there a case study, Ken, where Jesus set aside his feelings that kind of is an example of this for the greater cause? Well, the the, the one I like, uh, or I, I think is in that, um, in, in the answer to your question is, when he was when he was at, at the at the uh, the the final time that evening, uh, and he was with the disciples, and he says, "I've I've really got to go ahead and 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 tell you what's happening. You guys don't know what's happening, but I'm going to tell you." And and he said to them, "I need to be be clear to you that all of you are going to fall away from me tonight because the scripture says that you would." But and he uses word but after I've been raised I'll go before you in Galilee. So there's a there's a there's a good uh, there's a bad news good news type of yep. a message there. Mm-hmm. And without being asked, Peter said something, and he says, you know, I I know these guys can't get it together, but 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 I'm there with you. And of course that conversation <laughs> went to something totally. Totally you gotta different. love Peter. And what was yeah, Peter's just, disc? Got what off the this? rail. You know, it's what happened. It, you know, I just uh, they, I didn't want to go there. <laughs> yep. Where was Peter's disc again, Ken? I know we had talked about that in our previous podcast. What was Peter? And what what happened was that um, uh, you know he he had to go and tell him uh, allow Peter to be set up to go ahead and fail miserably and all, all that. But but then further on in that whole conversation, when 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 they when the guys came, he went ahead and 
and and Peter tried to protect him, Jesus, by going ahead and 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 using a sword. And Jesus had to rebuke Peter and says, "You still don't get it. <laughs> you still don't get it. Don't you understand? I could call twelve legions of angels for protection for me mm. if I needed to. And to me, that setting aside of all that power that he had was mm. an incredible restraint to do not to be able to use that and yet he he went ahead and just refused that as an option because it wasn't the father's will mm. so he set aside of all the power that he has for the purpose of going to the cross and letting these thugs go ahead and arrest him and, and put him on trial so i i, I you know that to me was incredible restraint to go ahead and and do that, set aside his feelings. What I know what he'd like to do is you just take them on. You want a piece of me? I'll, I'll, we can we can take care of it. <laughs> exactly. But he didn't. Yeah. But but what Lauren? What you have to understand is he had that power, but he set it aside mm. for the greater cause. Mm. And that's uh, that that is such a, an emotional, intelligent theme is is to have the power, right? We can speak back. We can fight back. We can yes, yes. do those kind of things. We can throw a punch if we want to. And yeah. we don't. Um, just the other day, I just had these thoughts come in my mind because I was frustrated by what somebody was doing. And inside, I was kind of playing it out. I'm like, Jesus help me to be silent and not speak one word because because I want to honor and glorify you more than I want to be right in this situation. And so uh, we have to have, it's, it's important to have that pause and uh, Mm -hmm. reflection on remembering our identity, remembering Mm -hmm. what we want out of our encounters and as followers of Christ to glorify God and to give ourselves permission to pause enough to be able to discern with the Holy Spirit within us and manage our behaviors and emotions in a way that honors God and not ourselves. What was the disc style of Peter? Was he a, was he a high D and, and task driven and the biggest fear of Peter was loss of control? Thanks for asking. <laughs> <laughs> Just wondering. He was, he was, there's no question. He was a higher I than he was a D and his okay. D was very high. Yep. But what's, what, what is significant about Peter, that he had absolutely no S in his profile, which, which, which there's a strength there in that you can go ahead and act quickly to any environment or, and respond quickly to any question or respond even when a question is not being asked. <laughs> that's very familiar to me ken just saying <laughs> and, and, and and the scriptures are just the thing that is so great about jesus that jesus understood peter perfectly absolutely and 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 and, and allowed him to co crash and burn by his three denials that was absolutely critical for his maturity that that his strength out of control, which is to respond when nobody's asking, and it could have, be out of control, is the thing that caused him to go ahead and be broken. Every mm. style has a strength that gets out of control, and that's the, that's the part of your style that needs to be broken. And and Jesus knows what that was with the, with all his disciples and all the people, but it is in the brokenness 
that you're able to be led by Christ. Mm. Amen. Amen. And and with that, we're we're wrapping things up here for today's topic. We'll continue this conversation. Ken and I will be doing another podcast every month until we're done with this specific topic, which is connecting emotional intelligence in Christ and the desk and using these case studies to make it come alive. And like I mentioned, when we started out, we've done this in the book, Emotional Intelligence in Christ. You can access that at emotionalintelligenceinchrist.com. This is a real conversation around those topics and those case studies, which we we both are very committed to being that in our culture today, there is an emotional intelligent hijack that's going on that is very intense. And the invitation here is to come back, come back to the one who is emotional intelligence with the power of the Holy Spirit within us and that gift that we have so that we can be the boss of our emotions through Christ as he was, so that we can pause before we feel like that verbal punch with our language towards someone that's coming against us and ask God for the grace to love well, as Jesus did. Ken, will you close us in prayer today? This has been a beautiful conversation. Thank you for joining us. Father, I want to thank you for the privilege I had to be with Lauren. I pray that we have done a a, a reasonable job of talking about your son and mm-hmm. his willingness to go ahead and do your will, Father. And so we pray and leave this information up to you as how your Holy Spirit would direct it. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Ken. And thank you for, for your insights and your commitment to this. As, as I've mentioned before, this emotional intelligence in Christ project is, I think of Esther's statement, if, if for such a time as this, and I'm, I'm talking to myself as, as well as just my observations in our culture today. So thank you for being a part of this uh, movement, this call, this mission. So today's topic, again, was specifically focusing on your identity and how Jesus' identity was not rocked by anything going on outside of him, that he moved from the inside out, not the outside in. And as followers of Christ, we have the same ability to follow his lead when it comes to loving well. So give him heaven out there. There's enough of the dark side going on. And I look forward to our next conversation on this topic. And we have another fun conversation next week. Visit us at edgegodin.com for the notes for today, the scriptures that go along with today's topic, as well as a one sheet to capture your learnings. God bless you today, my friends.